All right, welcome back, Threads and Dreads Podcast Network. We are in the comics corner. It's me and Sean, as always. Hello, everyone. What's happening? Uh, today, we're going to go through some news, some hot topic items in the comics community. More comics media, not hard comics, but still the same. Uh, then we're going to rip through a couple more of our... Uh, Comics from our favorite book, the uh, 100 Greatest Comic Books by Jerry Weiss, dude. Jerry Weiss. And then I recently found out, because I actually um, like looked this book up on Amazon, and um, Jim Steranko helped write this book as oh, well. Oh, really? It's probably written in there somewhere. Just doesn't He didn't make the cover somehow. But uh, I thought that was cool. For those who don't know, Jim Steranko was a Marvel artist, and uh, he was already mentioned earlier in our countdown with Strange Tales number one. I believe he did the first six or eight Strange Tales. You can, you can definitely tell that. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, strange. Uh, Nick Fury. Nick yeah, Fury. Agents of Shield. Um, you can definitely tell that this book, just in general, has a heavy presence of like older generation on it for sure. Because a lot of these books are very important for almost like niche reasons that we wouldn't think about today. Where it's almost they're important for publication reasons and not necessarily when you think of a book that's important, you think like. Oh, when Superman died. Like, stories that are important in the context of comics timeline, these are in, like, the creation of comics important. That's that's a good point. Yeah, for sure. Because there are some in here that I'm like, oh, my God, how many Walt Disney comics can we do? But there are... Of course, Tarzan. But there's so many (laughs) things in those that you're like, oh, the reason this is on here is because it's the first time... They did this the first time of introducing a new character that explodes that's in like the main zeitgeist of all people. Yeah, and they talk about some of these older artists who, like, you know, it's kind of hard to be familiar with because they're, the names are so old, but a lot of these names had influence on the names that we're more common yeah. with. You know, your, uh, it's not your even, Neil Adams, your Denny O'Neill. Yeah. You know, it's the, not even artists that were your current artist's favorite artists, it's their favorite artists. Favorite art. Like, it, you're two de- generations down yeah. when it comes to a lot of these books. But, um, so we're definitely getting into that. Yeah. First things first, one of the most controversial things of all of 2020 slash 2021, Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> I have not watched, but I've read plenty of spoilers. Yeah. I've heard plenty of lovely reviews about it. Oh, yeah. Sean, you wanna? I know you so, sat down. I sat down and watched it. Gonna give a very, very brief review of the film because I don't want to give this too much time on our podcast. Um, all right, so we're starting off Wonder Woman '84. Uh, the first scene is a kind of throwback scene to when Diana is a yeah. young kid and they're back on the <laughs> oh, on Themyscira. Yeah. Okay. The, I wanted the Amazonian Lady Island. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like a little competition they do, and it was just a cool little like okay, like this is getting back to the roots kind of deal. And then once that's over, it jumps right into the 1984 stuff. Um, so first of all, let it be said, and I've heard other people say this, that the fact that it takes place in 1984 has absolutely nothing to do. Well, I was telling you, I think the exact thing that they were thinking when they did that was we're hot on the heels of Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah, it really is. And Stranger Things, the last, I don't know if it was the last season, the last season I saw, it's mostly in a mall. Yeah. And that's the exact same vibe I got, and it's like, this doesn't have 13 episodes to pull the taffy and like stretch <laughs> out this story and like create a, a universe in it. It's like 
who gives a fuck? Just put it in modern day. Yeah, it, it really, really doesn't matter. It really did not matter at all, the fact that it was an 84. And they're not building... You don't need to be sensitive with a timeline at this point in the DCEU or whatever their entertainment universe is because it's all fucked already. Like, I think they're given up on trying to have this big, cohesive, Marvel-esque universe. I'm totally okay with them doing yeah. one-off movies. That, they should. You know what? That, that's a great point. They should just kind of stick with that. Stop. I think they tried to ride the Marvel coattails. They even tried, even in, I think, in Justice League, they tried to yeah. throw the little bit of comedy in there. It just doesn't work, unfortunately. No, and the thing I have never understood about people trying to mimic this Marvel timeline or this Marvel universe is everyone's trying to do it all of a sudden and they're acting as if it's a normal thing. Oh, we're starting this whole new movie universe. It's like until Marvel, there really wasn't that universe except maybe in very loose formats where a character comes back, a character in a Tarantino movie comes back in another movie. (laughs) You know what I mean? But yeah, it's not. It or even Kevin Smith. Yeah, Kevin Smith. Verse, it's, yeah. But all those universes were very loosely tied together. To have movies all almost correlate and are predicated on one another to make sense, That's this is the first time this has happened. Yeah. So it's like, DC, you don't have a leader. No one, Jeff Johns is clearly not Kevin Feige. Yeah. He can't wear the dad hat right. <laughs> he just doesn't get it. And it's like, yeah, just make better one-off movies. The Flash, I think, going to be horrendous. (laughs) They have 13 Batmans in it. Oh, God. All right, I don't even know where to start with. That's a lot to unpack. (laughs) But continue on with 84. They're in the mall. So, yeah, the the scene after the, the flashback scene when Diana's a kid, they're at the mall. There's a robbery. And it's a jewelry store, but they're not there for the jewels. They're there for the goods Ooh. in the back. Spoil. By the way, there will Lots be spoilers. spoilers in this because if you didn't see it, just you probably don't need to. You'll probably enjoy it more after listening to this uh, yeah. brief rundown of the film. So they break into the jewelry store, which is actually running a secret. It's selling like you know illegal antiquities, mm-hmm. kind of on the DL in the back room. One of those antiquities being a uh, magic stone, which that's, becomes the crux of the movie. That's normally how the K-Jewelers in the mall is. There's usually <laughs> yeah, the regular deceiving, man. shitty front area, but in the back, exotic antiquities that we've stolen. Yeah, and like there's always, it's like totally like Indiana Jones. Like I think the box was like glowing. Like, yeah. like fucking, like the, it's not the Ark of the Covenant. Anyways, so they, uh, there's four guys involved with this robbery. Two of them were in the store. Two of them keeping lookout. There's a bag switch. They give the bag to the lookout guys, and while they're handing off the bag, the one bad guy drops his gun on the floor of the mall, and the one woman sees it and just goes, "Gun!" Classic '80s mall, <laughs> and the whole etiquette. mall freaks, scatters. People are running around. So then this guy, desperate man, the 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 crook had dropped his gun, grabs up, snatches up a little girl, holds her hostage. Immediately goes to a hostage situation on it, and I just love. This just campiness. This this not. No one would ever say this out loud. He's clutching this this little girl as a hostage, and he's going, "I'm not going back, man. I'm not going back." It. This whole movie sounds like I said one. Like they were trying to copy like a Stranger Things vibe, but then they were also trying to include the campiness of maybe the Linda Carter yes. era. Because she does show up. Actually, she makes a cameo. Of course, because that's 
they think nothing's going to sell more tickets than an uh, actor from the 70s <laughs> popping into a movie. It's actually, uh, I will give Linda Carter and that whole crew uh, props, though, for the 70s Wonder Woman show. Between that and the Hulk, those were like really popular shows, and they brought comic books to the limelight. 100%. Great Pretty shows. Awesome. But now, when they have like Lou Ferrigno in... <laughs> a Hulk movie as, like, a security guard. It's almost kind of bastardizing to be like, yeah, you can be in the movie, Lou, but no speaking lines. Like, I'm sure they give Linda Carter more to do. Yeah. But it's still just... the camp- It was brief. She was never like... I don't think the campiness is needed because the first one didn't really have campiness. So basically, and that's kind of what I was getting to with this film, The you know, overall... I was trying to give it the benefit of the doubt the entire time. The fact that I kind of gave it like the Joel Schumacher treatment. You know, we're making a comic yeah. book. I would picture anytime there was like a cheesy scene or something. I was just like, this is kind of stupid. I would just kind of picture it in like a comic book panel form. Yeah. And um, basically, what it came down to was it just it was just poorly written book or you know if it was a comic book because you know, how many times have you been reading a comic and you're like, wow, this art is amazing, but this story is trash. Yeah. That's exactly what it was, basically. <laughs> and well, because I was gonna say, so how were we had Kristen Wiig as Chitra? Yeah. Which, I, as I've been saying, Chitra. I think it's just I, Cheetah. I, is it just I Cheetah? I have no idea. I never. Really Maybe it's Chitara. <laughs> no, that's Thundercats. That's Thundercats. When, 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 I was watching it with subtitles. It would pop up and it would just say Cheetah. Just, just say Cheetah. I believe. Um, you can put a little pizzazz on. Yeah, it. a little something. Joe Dierte. <laughs> Joe Dierte. <laughs> but yeah, so she like they start off as friends, and anyways. There's this stone, this magic stone I mentioned earlier that becomes the crux of the movie. Um, it's a magic stone. You make a wish. You get one wish on it. Everyone gets I, one wish. I love that this is the dumbest. I Like, they didn't even come up with a real fake artifact or anything. They just came up with a wishing stone, which just seems like and the they easiest to, writing. Well, they try to tie in, like, the stuff with the gods, too. Like, remember from the first one, there was stuff with, like, Hades and stuff like that. They're like, oh, yeah, this was made by the gods or blessed by the gods, and it has this specific power. Like, um, it's basically, they compare it to a monkey's paw. You get the wish, but with, like, a consequence. Uh, and again, when someone, if I was ever offered. How many times are going to use that one, too? The that's monkey's what, paw. Yeah. <laughs> anytime someone was like, hey, you have wishes. It's like, everyone knows, even if you're a complete piece of shit, do three selfless wishes. Because if you get selfish wishes, or wishes, they come back to fucking kill every you time. every time. Every time. Uh, so, and that's where Pedro Pascal comes in, um. Shout out Pedro, you're awesome. Love you in Bound, or uh, Mandalorian, Mando. and of course uh, Narcos. Great on that. So I was excited. I thought he was going to be like this cool, rich kind of sleazy businessman, like a Lex Luthor type supervillain. Yeah. He was so lame. He turned out to be just like a con man. And anyway, so he gets his wish. He knows that this is a magic stone, and he's like, I got it all figured out. So he his wish is that he becomes the stone himself. And then it gets really, really weird and convoluted. People start. He like gets people to grab his arm and make wishes like involuntarily, and that benefit him. Oh, um, it, it just—that's about all I have to say about the movie. I was very upset. Pedro did an okay performance, but I did not. The character was just awful. How it was, was so? Ugh. One. This and guy, then and then the suit. The, the suit. You know, everyone's seen in the gold suit, like on the on like the yeah, trailers the and stuff. Warrior Eagle. Dude, it's like in the movie for like five minutes, and it's like and it literally just like appear, all of a sudden she just like puts it on. Like I don't know if it was just sitting in the back room of that jewelry store. Yeah, it was just <laughs> back there, and she was like, "This fits." I. Uh, it seems like a lot of it was rushed. Rushed. And oh, yeah. it also, how was the uh, CGI on my girl Kristen Wiig though? Oh my god, dude, it was so bad. Dude, very like, disappointing. Like they made her look 
well, first of all, she was like kind of bad, dude, kind of a baddie. Like I once did. when she was cause first her, off, because so, Kristen Wiig is always a baddie. She, dude. she, she, you know, just has that thing about her movie. I don't know, like, like there was times they made her look super, super hot and just yeah, like, dude, very she got powerful. Because well, the thing is with that too, that's that's not an accident. They do it because her wish, because she who touches the stone. And wishes to be more like Diana, not knowing that Diana is just this badass super chick. Yeah, with that powers. she's a Greek and, god, and basically, like, she has that allure that everyone is looking at her and wants to talk to her. And, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The CGI, like, and the, the people have been talking about this. Like, they made her look like the the, the cheetah character. I guess they were trying to make her look more evil and sinister, but like, it, it just wasn't. I don't want to sound like a weirdo, but it could have been a little sexier. <laughs> no, I. It, sometimes it just drifts. Them trying to make people look scarier sometimes. Drifts into a weird comedy realm. Like people were comparing it to like um, <laughs> Always Sunny when uh, Mac puts in the the, oh, the cat eyes. Yeah, okay, that's perfect, <laughs> dude. It, like <laughs> comical, just comical. I could see that's a, and that's hard because Kristen Wiig is a comet comedy actress or actor. Yeah. We're getting rid of. I heard pronouns or whatever. yeah, they're out of here. I thought they were all about the pronouns. Hey, I won't, whatever. <laughs> uh, but they, she's already a comedy actor, so it's. Having that history, people are already going to think, like, oh, is this funny? And then you're like, oh, you look really funny. <laughs> it's like, it's just an easy connection to make where you're like, yeah, this CGI looks like shit. So now you just kind of look like a funny-ass character. And it just doesn't look right. I feel like it has, uh, like, Spawn or Scorpion King level oh my God, yeah. CGI. Well, like, with Scorpion, it was pre-scorpion king mummy 2 when they first show the rock yeah. as a scorpion no oh, that's the one <laughs> yeah like that centaur type so scorpion good. being oh my god uh, so well that's about all i have to say about wonder woman 84 check it out if you want to laugh you know get get nice and nice and stoned before you watch how it. long did you uh did you watch it all in one take or did you have yeah to do yeah i watched it i mean like you know there was times i was on my phone but i i definitely was like not not paying attention i was watching it and i was like oh my god i just i had you know i had to get through it though but yeah i watched it in one sitting um, but moving on, we definitely got to talk WandaVision before we dive into the countdown. I completely, completely agree. We had, um, so I had a couple people didn't like it off rip. I knew people that were stopped watching it. The like, first three episodes sucked. I'm not going to watch it. Like, and be patient. And I agree about that because it is, it's slow at first and you don't have any connection to any of the characters in it. So if you don't know. Like, I was asking someone if they wanted to watch it, and they were like, wow, I love how this sounds. Like, I'm explaining that they're going through, you know, the timeline of sitcoms, and it's magic-based, and trying to give, like, enough information without spoiling it. And even if you know who Wanda and Vision are, if you just know them from uh, Civil War, then you don't know that like Wanda's brother died from Ultron yeah. and you don't know all these weird little extra things that get brought up and that create the background of these characters that you kind of feed off of for the first three episodes. Yeah. Cause those are the, that little, like that fatty part of like those stories is what you're chewing on in the back of your mind thinking like, well, what could this mean? Like, what could this be? And then episode four comes and is like, you're welcome. Yes. And you know, now you have more understanding, like, what exactly is going on. Like, yeah, and then when they brought, you know, spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen the new episode yet, but, like, they bring back the whole thing about the blip when everyone came back, when Tony yeah. Stark wishes everyone back. And I, I'm happy that they are pretty consistent about talking about the blip mm -hmm. just because, obviously, 
people would talk. It'd be such a huge thing. <laughs> but it's it doesn't seem forced into in Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. Yeah, yeah. It's a big part, but it's a big part because it naturally would be if that happened. But it doesn't make or break everything. Yeah. And it's the same way in, at least for episode you know four, where they kind of deal with blip-related incidences. You, it's a big deal, but it's just more dealing with the aftermath kind of of it. And it doesn't like hinge so much. You're just like, oh, I know what happened. I get it. I don't need someone to explain like, what do you mean she's been gone for five years? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know this happened because I've been watching these movies. Yeah. And you're able to, I'm excited. It's as, like you're in this little club and you know about it. Yeah. You know, when you follow this stuff. I love it. Yeah. And I'm so excited for Sword to finally enter into the Marvel horizon. Yeah. So I'm more familiar with shield. Obviously what is the bit with sword? Was there a certain book they were in a lot? Um, sword is basically just shield for space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the, what stories are necessarily predominantly in. Um, I'd want to, if I had to guess, I'd say like Captain Marvel related stuff. Um, probably some guardians things like anything more cosmic based. They just tend to be, because they're basically the police force just around Earth to be like, hey, can't come here or you got to do a check. Yeah, they're like, hey, we don't have a Green Lantern. <clears throat> they're, yeah, they're not. And it, they're not universe. necessarily a Nova Corps that patrols the whole universe. They're just like keeping it locked down around us and like ear to the street. So if, you know, you're getting attacked again, you kind of can plan at least like a couple days yeah. before it's just like, oh, fuck, dude, we're uh. We're getting attacked. Well, it's needed in that Marvel Universe. It's already happened like three times. Yeah, and I mean, I think now, I know I was just reading an article that said when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was being filmed and written and everything, they were basically told, don't mention S.W.O.R.D., don't bring it up, don't hint at it. Because I think S.H.I.E.L.D. ended up being kind of outer space related. Oh, and okay. Like a last, I never was a big S.H.I.E.L.D. person. Nah, but. Nah. I, I know like Colson. Like, I like I like all the characters yeah. and everything. It just it being on ABC and it it was a lot leftover of twenty four. It was the guys. Uh, Joe Casada had ran Marvel TV for a long time. Okay, and he was the one who was like, I think he did our all of our Netflix shows, and right, 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 stuff like that, and Agents of Shield, and they were kind of loosely tied together. And then I think somewhere down the line, Disney was probably like, hey, we're just going to have Kevin be in charge of all this shit. Because he's the man. Yeah, and it just makes more sense. So that's when a lot of those shows stopped mentioning previous events. And they kind of just skirt around Endgame and shit in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff. Oh, they do? Yeah, there's like little things where S.H.I.E.L.D. obviously falls apart in Winter Soldier. So they kind of have to acknowledge that. Yeah. But it's almost to a weird point where you're like, I would be bringing up a lot of the other stuff that happened right. as opposed to just vaguely talking about it once. So getting back to episode four of this of WandaVision, you know, I don't know if it's like that blatant, but to me, you know, once you kind of see at the end how involved Wanda is in this kind of fake. Oh, yeah. So she basically manufactured this reality. I'm, yeah, I think for sure that we are in Wanda mentally snapped. Yeah. I think she created this as a coping mechanism. As a coping mechanism, yeah. created this universe. But I also think Wanda being 
ultra powerful in the comics always. I mean, yeah, can change all of reality in comics if cho- if she chose to. Um, I think we're gonna see that power in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I think she might have had this mental break, but I think other forces are there either helping or kind of it's like if you are there's another piece of the puzzle if you're on a drinking binge (laughs) you usually there's usually a couple of people who are like yeah we should be at the bar tuesday at 12 (laughs) like you know there's someone else there who's like you should keep doing this and that's why i think we're gonna get our mephistos possibly coming in um i think we're just gonna have more People, you think Mephisto's gonna come in, dude? I think Mephisto or oh. Mephisto's coming in. Um, I think I know Agatha Harkness or Agnes, as the show is calling her. Okay, okay. Um, there's a lot of different magical people I think that know what's going on, because I don't think all those other people are necessarily even. I don't think any of the other people are sword agents. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Monica was the only one for sure. And but who are all those other people then? We'll just have to wait and see. Be- I do want to see say though with the with her powers. So in our Marvel universe, she her and her brother got the powers when Strucker was uh, uh, experimenting on them, and that was from the uh, Loki scepter, right? Yeah. So that was from the Mind Stone. But it, exactly. But it seemed. But you know, the majority of her powers seem like the Reality Stone, the Red Stone. Her powers even generate even have- color. So it's almost like that stone was or the scepter was channeling all these other stones. Maybe? I think what it also could have been is using experiments from the scepter could have figured out a way to unleash the X factor, as they call it. So the X gene oh, and yeah. kind of develop um mutant powers but the red stone reality stone thing is kind of a coincidence i think it's creating your own reality i think it's coincidence just because of the fact that in comics she's always had the red color palette has always been her thing um i wouldn't be surprised if they try to tie that in then i i can see them trying to do that i also think this is where we're gonna get between this and dr strange uh multiverse of madness by the end of those two we are one thousand percent in a universe that has either mutants pre-existing or mutants already like on the horizon of like coming into the picture. Dude, if Doctor Strange shows up on WandaVision, I'm, I'm all in. They're all saying in. I heard something about a, a secret tenth episode. I'm I'm ready. Bring it on. Bring I, it on, Feige. Here's my other thing is I could watch that all day, all night. And it coming out once a week, I almost love because it's making me wait. Like it's making me excited about a TV show, you know, it's great. But Mandalorian, I think that's the other thing that it wasn't until Mandalorian that they decided to go week to week because they saw how well that was doing for the Mandalorian and everything. And also I was talking to someone who not super familiar with like Marvel stuff, but kind of knew a little background. Um, They watched the first four episodes immediately right in. So it's like, if those episodes all dropped at once, it's only they're only maybe twenty two to twenty five minute episodes for the first two. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then they progressively 30, get longer because yeah. it's mimicking showtimes of those TV shows that it's going after. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that. That's really interesting. Um, so it's like realistically, it's like cool. If those were two sixty minute episodes of them doing black and white, you know, Dick Van Dyke jokes, 
I would have <laughs> fucking lost it myself. Click. But it's only it's 20 minutes. And you do get a little bit of mystery. It starts to pick up. Yep. And yeah, I think now that the ball's kind of rolling, I don't think we go back. I think when we start going back into WandaVision, we start getting a lot more answers. I think things start unfolding more. And I'm just excited because I know this is going to be a huge pivot point on Marvel. Yeah, and we mentioned that you know it's going to bring in, it might bring in multiverse type stuff. I mean, it's all leading up to the, these new movies. The what are we on phase three, four, three or four? Yeah, yeah, I think we're on four right now. It's it's terrific. Uh, so um, my last thing though that I wanted to touch on, speaking of um, universe building moments, what should have been a universe building moment. We do have the release of Snyder Cut, Justice League, <laughs> coming very, very soon to HBO. Yep. And we're also going to be getting relatively soon Suicide Squad, the, I'd say, soft reboot. Yeah. James Gunn behind the wheel. We're ready to go. His, uh, his one-week firing from Marvel led us to this beautiful moment that we actually get him to do a DC movie as well, and then Marvel saw what was happening and we're like get back over here we were kidding about getting fired dude <laughs> i think those tweets are hilarious <laughs> yeah that was a weird situation it's because that was the height of time when people would just find someone they didn't like or supported something the opposite of them go into their twitter which if you're an adult at that point in time and especially for a lot of those jobs you essentially need to have social media it's like, cool, you read a tweet I wrote 10 years ago when I worked for f- 15 years ago when I worked for fucking Troma Entertainment that was like a dog shit joke. Oh, James Gunn worked for them? Yeah, James no Gunn way. worked at Troma Entertainment. That's cool. So it's like, yeah, you're pulling up these old tweets that you have zero context on. This isn't someone, when the whole cast is like heartbroken that you're leaving, obviously that's a huge sign. It's not like when Brett Ratner leaves the set and everyone claps thanking the Lord they weren't sexually assaulted. They're like, no, we actually like James. He's a good guy. Yeah. And then they're like, they're like, he's fired. Well, you said it well, you know, taking things out of context. That's so. 100% what it is. And, I mean, he's back now. So we just have a delayed Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. 3. But, yeah, I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to see what they actually change to um, – Justice League. Yeah, dude. we should we should do a little bit more homework on this Snyder cut. We should touch back next episode. But I don't uh, really. I just know that it's going to be long and it's going to be a little grittier. And I don't think Superman's going to have the mustache. I anymore. think it's <laughs> going to be super fucking long. I think that's just what Zack Snyder planned for, like a four hour movie. Yeah. Hey, we'll see. Uh, but let's jump into our comics countdown. We are at thirty two right now. For those who didn't listen to the last one or catching up. Our number 33, epic, Alan Scott, the man afraid of wood himself, the first Green Lantern. <laughs> um, yeah, for number 32, we have Weird Science number 12. Um, from the gist of the article, basically it was EC, which I'm not sure what that stands for at the moment. Uh, I can't remember. That I was... thought it was weird that they didn't have the full name of what EC was in this article. Yeah. But... Basically, it was early 1940s um, comic company. 
they really didn't give a fuck about horror comics, but unfortunately, that was all that sold for them. Isn't this the comic company that became Mad Magazine? Or they're... I think they end up becoming Mad yeah. Magazine in the future. And they all just loved the fuck out of sci-fi. And horror, too? They, the horror was what was selling for them. Yeah. So they were making mad horror comics and doing a bunch of sci-fi ones. Horror ones were selling off the shelves. Sci-fi barely breaking even. But... They end up getting insane group of people to do the art for the sci-fi ones. And that's literally what they're pushing. Their slogan at one point was like, we only fucking care about sci-fi. And it's like <laughs> on the front of their horror thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they end up hooking up with like Ray Bradbury gets involved with them. So you do have some actual literary backbone to it. You're talking about Gene, not the Star Trek. No, guy. no, no. Ray, Gene Roddenberry, Roddenberry did yeah. Star Trek. Uh, Ray Bradbury, super notorious, or not notorious, famous for a bunch of old, like, sci-fi stuff. Books. Like, um, yeah. I want to say he did, like, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Okay, yeah. There's, it's almost if you like started, a, um, the guy that wrote the Cthulhu thing. Yeah, know, if you started know. reading down, like, the list of Ray Bad- Bradbury novels, you'd be like, oh, I know a bunch of these. Even probably from movies that you're like, oh, I didn't know that was a book. Um, but, yeah, he gets tied up with them, and then... It basically just becomes the first time sci-fi really gets its fucking bones in the comic community. Yeah, and this is—I think this is the second uh, uh, weird science. weird science. Yeah, it is. Okay, I think it's EC has had a couple on here. Yeah. I know they've had some horror ones that I think were on there before, um, but yeah, it's not my favorite thing. But I do really like the art style of yeah. the covers and stuff. Um, I think that's the most iconic thing to me because now I almost associate the covers of these with more fine art, which at the time was more racy and kind of in that degenerate art, you know, dirty adult comics vibe. Yeah. Where now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a million dollar painting somewhere. For sure. It's crazy how fast those things switch over. Yeah. Um, We are getting back to one of the banes of my existence, (laughs) which is a Walt Disney comic book coming in at 31. Sean did mention, though, it's nice this one's at least an actual Mickey Mouse comic. Yeah. Uh, Big thing for it, though, is the essentially first time they ever collected a graphic novel for Disney. Uh, All featuring Mickey Mouse, just having a... Is it a continuous story? or I think there's continuous... There's a large continuous story in it, and then it also compiles up your newspaper, comic strips, some of your shorter magazines. Because at the time, they are saying a lot of these comics are four to six pages. Right. I mean, they're not, you know, huge, thick books. And I think at the time, too, Disney had enough steam behind them, which is a Steamboat Willie pun right there. Classic. Um, No, but they had enough steam behind them that... They could just keep pushing Mickey forward and a book that was all Mickey stories and then having like this big, longer Mickey story. No brainer. It's going to sell for sure. Kids love that shit. Like kids today still fuck with Mickey Mouse. They do. They do. It's fucking rats, dude. (laughs) Um, Quick one on Mickey, just because we've gone over probably two million what it feels like two million Walt what, Disney comics. If it's not a yeah, it feels like if it's not a Disney comic, it's a fucking Tarzan comic yeah. <laughs> or something. But um, uh, one that I think is actually really cool coming in big number thirty is Crime Does Not Pay number twenty two. Uh, big thing behind the Crime comic 
boost or boom was kind of during World War II. Had people who were literally just doing, they called it family-oriented comics, but it was like Lone Ranger, Buck Rock, literally just fathers who have left their family somewhere else. <laughs> so I guess that's family-related. I left your mom for a horse. Sorry. Yeah. I'm in space now, and space needs me more than my son. Um, but yeah, it was them kind of moving away from that, and I think those were just more of the time, like some corny type thing. I think they moved over into true crime and true crime still to this day is like the weirdest fucking shit. People are like ultra love into it. love it, dude. So weird. And it's mostly female. Love the true what, crime. Yeah. What's they, they, someone was like, I saw someone online talk about how it's interesting how the true crime stuff is so popular among women because they're usually the victim of these yeah. horrific crimes. And I don't know if it, it just, it makes them, I think it's like, uh, it humbles them a little bit. Like it's like know, when I watch the Food Network. <laughs> I know it? it could kill me, but it's so alluring. Yeah, that's something that makes it sexy about it. Yeah, something that's so hot about diners, drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> I can't turn away. That could be me at that restaurant. <laughs> I could be at the Heart Attack Hamburger Hotel. <laughs> but they, it gives them that sense. Like it, 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 yeah, it humbles them a little bit. Like and it just kind of helps them. Like, hey, this could happen to anybody. Maybe just watch your back a little it, bit when you're out in public. I know my girlfriend, big true crime. Shout out, Kaylee. Love you, babe. Uh, keeps a ma- you know keeps mace on her key-, key ring, as most women should. You never know what the hell's going to happen out there. I agree. That is fair because it's – here's the thing is these – the crime stories in here, I enjoy these because to me, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, Al Capone, they're more yeah, cool 30s crime. They, they, these guys were, were, were thieves. They weren't murderers. Yeah. <laughs> or just like, yeah, someone who just kidnaps you and takes you and you're like, now you live with me. And you're like, oh, fuck, dude. I had plans. Yeah. The, you're staying at the safe house, see? Yeah. You st- no, back then, it's like these people, they also had more colorful people as criminals back in the day, I think, where they were kind of celebrities, too. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, but, I mean, we still have celebrity criminals. They're just, like, not as cool. Yeah. Like, but- Bill Cosby doesn't look sick. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, so you said, like, yeah, it's mostly gangsters. Like I said, they're thieves. These people aren't like brutal murder. They yeah. didn't really harm anybody. Well, I also know? have a strong feeling that. They and what do they always say with like bank robberies? Well, the bank's insured. Who cares? You know, yeah. That that line used company. to work for sure in the 30s, and then really got old quick when people were like, "Yeah, but I need forty dollars today. <laughs> so unless you leave me forty bucks, I'm gonna be pissed." But it's always like the the insurance company's always the bad guy. That's yeah, yeah America. Yeah. Um. Well, I was going to say, too, I think back then, they probably just didn't bring up. Like, I bet Al Capone definitely had a laundry list of horrendous crimes. Oh, he was. Yeah, he did. If he didn't murder people, he would have people do it for him, for sure. And I'm sure back then, too, it was probably, like, in weird, super fucked up ways as well. I take that back. It wasn't just Boardwalk Empire, like how I think of it, where it's like, yeah, and then they just shot him and all walked away. Like, some dude was like, do you mind if I grab all these bodies? And he's like, (laughs) to bury them? And he's like... Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna bury him. Bury all these bodies. But so like, but this isn't like like Charlie Manson or anything. This is just no. like Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, we know, got get... Bonnie and Clyde. We got uh, Killer Lepke. Oh, okay, he was a killer. We got uh, Hollywood's elusive Panther Man. Panther Man. That sounds sick. Does, uh, he, does he have whiskers? Babyface Nelson and the Mason City Bank Robbery is the title of one. 
So he had like a band. He had a band. Yeah, because that's back in the day. You could have a sick group like that. <laughs> like it'd be it'd be Sean and the Running Bears yeah, or something. Man. We run deep. The yeah. Running Bears. That's not <laughs> grateful that run, run out of it. The Running Bears. The they're running not dancing. Bears. They're running because they're they just, running because they just stole something. Yeah, we robbed a bank. <laughs> we'll dance later. <laughs> we'll dance to Jerry later. Um, all right, let's move on to number twenty nine. Dude, we're kind of cruising through. It's gonna be the first book I finished. We're in like cruising, 25 and we apologize years. to our listeners if you are more of like the superhero comic book fans because I know we are. Um, but these books, they're on the countdown. They're worth mentioning for one reason or another. Yeah, as we said and before. We are. If anyone has any future suggestions, once we finish up this book, we got about three episodes left, maybe. Yeah. So we're gonna have to move on to something. I do have a timeline of the Marvel universe. Okay. So we might we could go Marvel heavy for the next few episodes after. But uh, if you have any suggestions, let us know. Uh, On to 29, though. We have Four Color Comics, a.k.a. Disney Comics, number 386, the first official appearance of Uncle Scrooge McDuck. Legend. The the legend, dude. The man swims in gold coins. (laughs) In Uh, a one-piece bathing suit. (laughs) I fuck with Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Always liked it. I mean, duck t- the cartoon was huge. Yeah, back I mean, in the late '80s, man. It's such a weird character, like offshoot character that got huge. Because I feel like even when I watched Scrooge McDuck and then whatever, like the three ducks were in Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah, so I feel like Donald Duck wasn't even in that shit. He he'd show up every once in a while, but he's in this comic, isn't he, Donald? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, They're yeah. kind of like, hey, we're gonna give another duck with a weird accent. It's the spotlight. <laughs> well, I think the big thing and the reason that this is on here is because it was Disney basically creating and developing a non-traditional character that was in their original pantheon and took a shot. And now Scrooge McDuck is one of their biggest characters in comics and cartoons. I mean, he's been involved in all that Disney stuff for whatever reason. Whyever he's like the perfect foil to kids, I think is what it is. Because he's got money. He's like Richie Rich. He's got money. He's also just like kind of an idiot. He's just getting like tricked by three young kids all the time. Yeah. I mean, I fuck with Scrooge McDuck. I know this is probably not the last time I'm going to have to see a Disney comic on here. So (laughs) I'm just want to keep all my info. An animated duck of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. How many animated ducks can we have in, in one book here? Um, another classic for this list coming in at 28 young romance comics. Number one, Uh, big thing with young romance is just comic books leaning into a more, I guess, universal style of writing where they're appealing to women as well as, you know, young boys who are reading for superheroes and stuff. Now you kind of have a comic that appeals to the ladies' audience, which I'm sure at the time was not as big, especially with social norms being probably super fucking weird in 1940, where if you read Batman, they just burned you at the stake. So this also mentions uh, Kirby was involved with this and Joe Simon. Yeah. Kirby, the vacuum guy. (laughs) We're talking about King Kirby here. King Kirby. But yeah, he um I guess he kind of had a hand in this, you know, obviously he's a big name in comics and 
he had to, you know, they had to sell books. They wanted to maybe appeal to uh, teenagers, maybe get yeah. some female readers no, in there. Nothing I think like it's that. the more you look at this book, one thing becomes really apparent that a lot of the people who were big names in the comics that we know and think of as more traditionalists in the comic book sense, those people had their hands in all these books. Like Jack Kirby just didn't work on Marvel stuff. He's doing true romance. He's doing horror books. He's doing Tarzan books. I mean, these guys were literally eating whatever they could because the industry wasn't that big. Yeah. And it wasn't something that you could kind of like walk around big dick style and be like, yeah, I just work at DC, dude. They're like, hey, if someone offers to pay you anything to draw anything, you should take it. Yep. We're in the wartime. I don't know if you know, but <laughs> you you drawing your little characters <laughs> isn't so helpful. You, you're definitely lucking out there. If it's not a propaganda piece, get it out of here. So it says, too, that collectors and dealers uh, really like to find these books because, as it says here, very few young teenage girls saved and preserved their collections of 50s romance comics. So they'll they'll fetch a little bit of money today. Nothing like outrageous, like tens of thousands, but people yeah. look for them. People, I always, mean, oh, you got you got one of those, you know, dude, fucking young romances. I would definitely fuck with these. I bet because I love the OCM One Tree Hill. Yeah, dude. I'm a huge. Oh, those shows back in the day. If there's a show about high schoolers where they're all actually 25 year old adults, <laughs> that's my jam, dude. There was, I, so the OC was on for I don't even know how long. But Four then I, seasons. No, I meant like before I actually watched it for the first oh. time. And the only reason I watched it because I saw the trailer and it was like the one kid. I can't remember his fucking name. The dark, Seth. The darker haired kid. I Seth. think Seth. Yeah. He smokes He smokes pot for the first time. Nice. And, and then he like, I think he gets like hooked or something. I'm like, I got to see this episode just to oh. see. But then, and I was like, oh, that was funny. But then I'm like, well, now I have to watch next week because I want to see what happens. They're so, <laughs> I just bought season one for $30 on Amazon and I'm proud of it. Oh, okay. Can, could I have gotten it from a thrift store for a dollar? Yes. Wait, you bought it on DVD? No, I bought it on uh, just on demand. So oh, I got you, got you. That's why I was like, I'm not going to buy it on DVD because then I have to get a DVD player. But you own it. And it, yeah, it's yeah. like, I at least own it on Amazon. And I'm down with like de- like like downloading purchases. And the other thing is, dude, you know this about me, dude. I support small business. Yeah. That Jeff Bezos guy <laughs> is a hard worker. And I think, you know, if we all kind of support, up, 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 up. That's right. I think he's going to do it. And then maybe we can all be fortunate enough to work for him and be his fucking slave. <laughs> Probably some kind of outdoorsy guy loves the Amazon River. Probably. Um. All right. So on to number 27. What are we looking like time-wise? Feeling uh, good? We're good. We're at 42 minutes. Oh, beautiful. We have, for those who love the superheroes, finally someone a little bit more in the uh, comic book realm of what we think is normal. Captain Marvel, number one, or Captain Marvel Adventures, number one. He doesn't just laze around all day in this. <laughs> this time he's a, on an adventure. I fuck with Captain Marvel's fine. I'll be dead honest. I don't really like his costume that much. Oh, I always thought it was cool. I'm not big. It is th- kind of similar to Flash. Other thing I don't like, don't like that he turns back into a kid when he says Shazam. Yeah, it's interesting. So that's also to note too. A lot of people think this character's name is Shazam. But no, it's actually it's not. actually the wizard Shazam who gave him his powers. Exactly. But then it's just weird because now because this this was a what what would become DC book, right? Um, is that what it so said? it wasn't. This book was 
fuck, if I could find it relatively quick, they were owned by a smaller company that I believe was actually uh, a subsidiary of Disney. So they were owned for a long time, and then DC eventually just ended up buying them out. There was a period where all these small comic companies were popping up and trying to start their own little things, and that's when Marvel and DC became kind of the titans of the comic book world, I think. Yeah. And they were just buying up all sorts of shit. Like that's how we get, um, we got the static, sh- like static shock is from the milestone universe, which was an all black owned and created like comic book realm. Nice. And DC was just kind of bought it up. They're putting static shock on HBO, putting static shock on HBO. Really and stoked for that. Michael B. Jordan is linked to a movie, the rights for the movie. Yeah. Um, I, Certainly hoping that he does not play Static Shock because he's he's just way too old. He is who, old. Who do you get? Kid from Stranger Things. Boom. You're oh, welcome. Yeah. Thank you, dude. I right? would, I would watch the shit out of that movie. That's the movie because <laughs> that kid rocks. Yeah, and yeah. not that weird faced mushmouth kid. <laughs> I love Dusty. <laughs> Dusty, dude. Uh, knock your teeth out. You'll look like Dusty. <laughs> did uh. You said you hadn't. Have you ever read any Captain Marvel? No, I haven't read any of these. I just was getting back to the fact that, like, you know, so Marvel, obviously, people, especially now with the movie, are a little more familiar with Captain Marvel of the Marvel yeah. Universe, um, who was actually originally a, a man. <laughs> not, yeah. Not, um, what's her fate? Breed Larson. Breed Larson. Uh, there was a Miss Marvel, and that's kind of what they, inter- you know, intertwine yeah, those two it, characters. But um, the, th- the Captain Marvel of the Marvel Universe is kind of. There's some cool stuff. There's a lot of the Thanos stuff comes into play with that. Yeah, they um, were original. They were super OG cosmic Marvel stuff. Yeah. And then a lot of those characters, even with... Because those characters are uh, Captain Marvel from um, the one we're talking about predates all those characters, obviously. So it was a weird situation of, I think, Marvel essentially being like, listen, we'll kill off our Captain Marvel, um, which I don't... I think they killed off relatively they did kill him yeah they killed him off then it was miss marvel he got like cancer or something i've actually read that yeah he it's it's some kind of weird storyline to it and then carol danvers obviously takes up miss marvel um over time dc basically transitioned his name into shazam yeah like so there was actually a tv show in the 70s too i think that was just called shazam yeah and i think it just made more sense cat him being called captain marvel doesn't really work that well just because Marvel happens to be the only other real big comic brand. And it's like, dude, I just don't, the Billy Batson thing throws me off yeah. him going from a kid to a superhero. Uh, but that's what sold the book. Oh, I loved uh, that thousand percent. Yeah. Which is Kids really cool. Are dumb. And I, <laughs> and I hate to keep coming back to that. The Marvel captain Marvel, yeah. but uh, if you have a chance, look up his original um, outfit. Oh uniform. Yeah. It, the, the green and white, it's fucking badass. It looks like almost, it reminds me of Radioactive Man from it's, Simpsons. It is, um, so that is what Yonrog from the Captain Marvel movie is loosely supposed to be based on. Oh, okay. Is that original Captain Marvel character. Yeah, I love that. Um, it's got like a little, you know, because it, like, it goes all the way over his head like a cowl. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, you never saw the movie for, you never saw the Shazam movie, huh? Uh, DC, no, but it's on each. It's on my list. I'm gonna watch that I, one for sure. I'm telling you, it's worth because now we got uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson has been so dick hard over playing Black Adam. Yeah, that's been in talks for a while. 
Yeah, well, it's stupid as fuck because why are you trying to play a character that is honestly like an ultimate background character? And at best, your storyline is you being the main villain of a movie because there's no overarching universe. Well, what about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? What the second one at the end? When they create Adam, or is that a different... Oh, that's different. That's, that's Adam Warlock. That's Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock, yeah. my bad. So, no, Black Adam is like a DC thing, but yeah, it's like they don't right. have a DC universe anymore. At least, I don't think, they're, I don't think there's going to be a DC universe. Well, I think that The Rock, Dwayne, is uh, the only one jumping at the bit to get it, in on these DC well, characters. And he's, that's what I'm saying. He's just fueling off of, like, he wants to do this role for some reason so bad. And it's just not... They're twisting it into this big anti-hero role, and yeah, in the comics that works, but I just don't think, I don't think there's going to be any more movement. Right. Well, we'll keep you guys posted. Don't worry. Um, I'll, I'll get Dwayne on the phone. Yeah. And Sean said he's going to watch Captain Marvel, so we'll get, or Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> also watch Captain Marvel, though, just to make sure that we're not thinking the same thing. Exactly. I will, just for good measure. Um, all right. We are going to move on to 26. This is New York's World Fair 1939 Heater, Woo! official comic book of the World's Fair. What's that? <laughs> Something we don't have anymore. <laughs> um, it was supposed to be in Dubai last year, I believe, and they canceled They're it. still doing World's Fair? Yeah. yeah. Or maybe what? it was supposed to, it's supposed to be at some point. But, yeah, my buddy wanted to go because he's been to Dubai. He's like, it's badass. We should go. It'd be really cool to, you know, because, yeah, they, yeah, they still do it. Yeah. I thought we got rid of World's Fair. I'm pretty sure they were, like I said, it was slotted to be in Dubai, and the pandemic had something to do with them not doing it Damn. anymore. Damn. I was going to say I wish I could still go to one, but I also feel like the World's Fair used to just be in, like, America. Uh, probably at one like point. It, I feel like it was in New York, Chicago, and then St. In New, Louis. Yeah, I remember it was in Chicago. Yeah. But now, this one in New York, isn't that how they got the big, like, globe thing? Yeah, that's the big globe yeah. thing from uh, Men in Black. Men in Black, yeah. From Men in Black and what I always thought was the Keenan and Kel intro. That yeah. Oh no, that's not there. I don't think. No, I think that's in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just a vignette of a bunch of old stories. I think obviously the big important thing about it is it's from the World's Fair. Yeah. And I feel like the World's Fair used to be like. We're gonna reveal all the new technology. Dude, this was like the Coachella back in the yeah, day, man. This really. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good way to put it, because I bet these things fucking rocked back oh, in the yeah. day. Like, people would trap, like, they'd travel to be like, we're all going to the World's Fair. Right. Like, do you want to see what an oven's going to look like in 10 years or what? <laughs> to the soundtrack of Benny Goodman's fucking swing band, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ripping clarinet. <laughs> dude, it was uh, a party. I would yeah. If I had a time machine, I'm going back World's Hell Fair. Hell yeah, dude. dude. Just straight bathtub gin, <laughs> getting sauced up. I'm down. Uh, I'm there. From the World's Fair, we move on to the Lone Ranger. This was the ice cream mail order giveaway <laughs> comic. So a relatively early one. I know Lone Ranger started as a radio show. Uh, I believe so. You should paint the picture for our listeners, though, the, the cover of this comic. So the cover of this comic has, obviously, Lone Ranger. He's on his uh, trusty steed doing the... Uh, a horse wheelie. Is he's, it Trigger? Is that the Trigger one? might be its name. Um, he's holding an ice cream cone. He's also next to a giant ice cream cone. Uh, Tonto, who looks to be his assistant, who is drawn rather racy for uh, the times, is showing that this is, in fact, book number one. But I will say, 
this this kind of fucks. This whole little poster. Yeah. Dude, what the, was the ice cream tank? It was just like the advertisement part of it. Yeah, it's just literally Tonto ice cream. <laughs> cool. The Lone Ranger comics. But I love this lasso style. Oh, in the lettering, yeah. The lettering. Yeah. No, I fucking... I've seen people do that with, like, gold leaf, and it comes out really, really fucking good. Honestly, Lone Ranger, old-timey. Yeah. A little too old for me. He rocks the domino mask, though, right? Rocks the domino mask. He's a cowboy. They tried to bring him back with the one, the only... Army the Cannibal Hammer. Uh, <laughs> you, you haven't heard about my boy Army Hammer, dude? Oh, Army Hammer in the movie. That's his name. I forgot that was his name. <laughs> oh, yeah. His real name is Army Hammer, and now he's Army the Cannibal I thought Hammer. You, I thought, okay, yeah. I thought you were like, describing another movie, not like an actor. <laughs> no, that's just the actor has just been reported uh, a lot of text leaks. Okay. Turns out, tells women he wants to eat them. Oh, wow. And not just in like the, like, trying to eat you out way <laughs> just in like trying to eat your heart yeah i'll give you the hammer to like, your head and then i'll eat you <laughs> yeah like it's a very and it didn't help that because someone was asking me if they thought it was uh fake and i was like if it was fake you'd come out immediately and be like yeah dude i eat people when did this happen like go oh i'm gonna we'll have to keep you guys posted oh, on it's that so too. good he he was definitely trying to eat Eat some people. Dude, that's crazy. Oh, my God. But I remember in that movie, too, Johnny Depp plays yeah. Tonto. Which, again, I heard the also movie bomb. Did anyone see horrible. it? Horrible. No, that I, was when Disney just had a bunch of flops. Like, was I it like, Disney? Yeah, I think that's that when and John, John Carter. John Carter oh, Mars, because they were trying to – these are all free IPs. Yeah. It's all free intellectual property, so anyone can make a movie about this Is that shit. because of the uh, – I think it's just probably the age, and at How this point, it, yeah, no it one even gives a fuck. <laughs> you can have the Lone Ranger. And they were like, hey, why doesn't anyone want this? And they show them the Disney movie, and they're like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> it's like Robin Hood. They just come out yep. every couple of years, oh, God, I can't and people that. are just like, yeah, these rock. And you're like, no, they don't. Oh, yeah. I'm like, can you guys just please stop at the Disney one with the foxes? Because everyone knows that's the best that's one. That's the best one. I, You know what I've never seen is Robin Hood Met in Tights, eh, the comedy one. It's very shticky. I mean, I can I can yeah. see it not being great, but I know Dave Chappelle's in it. Dave so Chappelle's it. in it. It's very average. Not that funny. <laughs> well, on that note, we're jumping to number 24, Planet Comics, number one. We're getting an early, early sci-fi entrance here we got a sick cover on this bad boy Ooh, these green monsters on here are actually dope as fuck i like that one's a cyclops and one's not that makes sense yeah. probably the cyclops are probably Dude, it's planet comics anything can happen. anything can happen um but no we got our main protagonist in a fucking super dope waist up uh bubble with his arms fully exposed though i like that vibe Full arms fully exposed, but you just have a bubble from like your whole chest up area. Well, that's the fit, dude. Dude, that's a sick fit. That almost looks like is it a Krang from Yeah, it's kind of like a Krang. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah. I was going to say it's kind of like the aliens from uh, The Simpsons, but if they had just regular legs. Oh, Kang. Kang. Yeah. <laughs> the Kang um, Krang connection. Yeah, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I didn't fucking read about this one because these are all pretty much the same. That, dude gets trapped in space. Yeah. Dude gets on a planet. It's usually him and just one babe. Yeah. He's like, dude, I'm just hanging out in space, me and my lady. Now we're on an alien planet. Now 
I kill the entire population of this planet <laughs> to become the hero, or as the children of these men will be called, a monster. Dude, these, I mean, the cover's cool. I love, I love the, the whole sci-fi thing. Um, real quick, there's a book I've been reading called Fear Agent by okay. Image Comics. Nice. Dude, it's awesome. It's very much like this retro dude in space just kind of fighting monsters kind of deal. But, the but it sto- has more. The story does. Yeah, there actually is a really good story as you go through. Like, oh, my God, like this is actually kind of deep. Uh, I read the first two books. Awesome. Those are – and I think that's two-ish. the thing a lot of these, to me, are missing. I'm a – Honestly, I know I'm a snob about like old comics and stuff where I'm just like, boring, I don't like the art. <laughs> and then just like jump off it. I would check this out though. But it's pretty cool. I know that like the history to a lot of these, I do enjoy. Um, but there is something that I enjoy more than Planet Comics number one. What is that? And it is something that's helped create the man I am today, the rough and tough, badass, strong loner that I am. <laughs> And that's Detective Comics number 27, the first appearance of Batman. Coming in at number 23, 23. which I can't really – that's a little insulting. I thought it might hit top 10, but this is a very important book, first appearance of Batman. Uh, What else is there to say? I mean – I mean – All right. I need best best person to play Batman, best person to play Bruce Wayne. Ooh, like, like that has already been done? Yeah, so, and only real-life actors. Oh, God. So but, who's, but, your, who's your best Bruce Wayne? Like from, from everything that's already been created? Yeah. I mean, ugh, it's so tough. I, this is going to be an unpopular answer, but I always thought Val Kil- Kilmer nailed the Bruce Wayne yeah. role. Not so much the Batman role. I totally, I totally agree. I don't know what it was, but he, he did it really, just very, like, like, being able because the very important thing about Bruce Wayne is that he is he wants to do everything he can to hide the fact that he's Batman. Correct. You know, and that's why I love Christian Bale's interpretation of it too. Just trying to be an arrogant billionaire rolling up to the hotel with two models. I'm buying this place. Yeah. You know, but I feel like I like Val. I agree with you on Val Kilmer's just because I feel like Val Kilmer was a little more aloof during it. Yeah. And like Val Kilmer's already a pretty spacey guy. <laughs> right. And I like I like that version of it versus the very arrogant. Um, Christian Bale that almost breaks into George Clooney where they're like betting on like you know oh the it, woman auction yeah <laughs> it's just like that shit's too much Val Kilmer's a perfect amount of just like whatever yeah cause even Michael Keaton gets nuts when he uh, when he goes he's breaking the pots he's like you wanna get crazy you wanna get nuts I'll show you nuts I love that that's like him doing his best, like Al Pacino impression. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Keaton, he's my favorite Batman. Favorite um, Batman. Is got it. Yeah. I mean, it's just he's the original one. Something about that giant bulky cowl, cowl, and he can't move his neck. He's got to turn. His he's wearing the head. Jor- he's wearing Jordan ones, I think, on, <laughs> on his feet. Yeah, there's some kind of Jordans that he's wearing because they're like connected to the boots. Yo, hey, we need you to do some research on that. Yeah. On the Batman. Uh, yo, ones. hey, just text me and I'll re- I'll reply the message. But also, yo, hey, we need you to get into studio to do your podcasting job I hired you on to. <laughs> I also have a W9 for you to sign. <laughs> but also tell us what choose Michael Keaton wore in Batman. So what's your answer then for the Bruce Wayne um, Batman? Favorite? So I would say my favorite Batman or my favorite Bruce Wayne, I feel like you got to go Bruce Wayne first would be Honestly, maybe this might be an unpopular one. Ben Affleck. 
Okay, okay. I did like his. I kind of yeah, like him a- as ben, or as Bruce Wayne, and then I'm gonna go Christian Bale as Batman. Very fair. Because I feel like Batman's a huge asshole, and I also <laughs> and I know Christian Bale's a huge asshole. Because like as much as I love Batman, the cool part about it is he's a dick. Yeah. He's like I'm just not gonna. The way he behaves is so socially unacceptable. That that's why everyone's so fucked up at this point in life. Because the people we look up to are like Batman and Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. And just like every shitty character that people are like, that's the bad guy. The toxic masculinity. Yeah. How many people have Joker tattoos? They're like, jo- the Joker's the coolest. And you're like, no, he's not. He's cool. I don't even like seeing people with Joker t-shirts. And I love the Joker. <laughs> I, I just like wouldn't rock it. Like Absolutely nothing worse. T-shirts, I can almost give you, because I did see a really cool Alex Ross drawing one. Of Joker? Of Joker, where oh, it's yeah. uh, it's him in the Killing Joke uh, floral shirt. Yes, yes, yeah. classic. Um, so that one was, I will say that one was sick, but nothing more hideous or horrible than um, the the face mask with the Joker smile on it. Like uh, nothing tells me you're cooler. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like with the like like a pandemic. Yeah, mask? like a pandemic mask oh, with like the Joker laugh. Yeah, that's on not it. terrifying. Like you see a little girl at the grocery store and she's just scarred for it, life. To I, me, it just means like, oh, you clearly know where to buy crystal meth, dude. It's sick. You know what's weird too? This, the fact that there's uh, the the whole murder clown concept. Like this started. You know, the Joker first appeared in like 1940. And uh, and then you have like John Wayne Gacy, like thirty years later, like dude, like that. It's it's just creepy. Hello, you're on the air. You're on the air with Comics Corners right now. <laughs> That's incredible. Hey, do you know? Incredible. Th- you actually, we were just talking about you. Do you know what shoes Michael Keaton wore um, during the filming of Batman? I thought it was a pair of Jordans. And they added a, like a molding. I'm assuming it's like foam or something like that. And it went all the way up to the knees. But the only pair that's survived is like already falling apart. So. Oh, I'm sure they were just in the, the worst shape of all time. Um, mm-hmm. The fans have been asking when, when we're getting you back in studio for some shows. That's kind of funny because the reason why I called was I, I came up with a topic for next week, man. So we're getting ten shoes that are incredible that you've never heard of. Okay, I'm. I would love to hear ten shoes that I've never heard of that you think I need to know about. Oh yeah, you're gonna love it. Everyone's gonna love it. All right, bud. Well, hey, we're hanging out over here at the shop. We're literally wrapping this up. You calling could have been the uh, best way to end a show. But you heard it here first, people. We're going to have Yohei back in studio next week, and he's probably coming over today, and I'm going to forcefully make him sign the W-9 <laughs> that, so that he officially works for me, and then also we'll get a plan on the show. Not manipulative at all. I'm not manipulative. I'm going to call you back in two minutes, bud. I'm going to bring my special uh, pen for this one. I'll call you back in two minutes. All right, I think that's going to do it. Well, guys, thanks for joining us again. Uh, I think we're starting to call this Comic Corner. Comics Corner? Comics Corners, because we're going a lot of alliteration. Be better, Comics Corners. I'm in AA, so (laughs) we're going down the alphabet. 
We'll talk to you guys next time. As always, thank you, and follow us on Threads and Dreads Pod on Instagram. Peace.